Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters in Christ, the texts for this morning come from all three, but primarily the Gospel reading. She was 23, and he was 22. And they had joined the military together, and they were stationed up here at Fort Hood, and they worked a deal so that they could be deployed together to Iraq, so they wouldn't be apart from one another. So they both were at the same base. She in a totally different type of unit than his. The unit that she was a part of was the kind that went out and found the explosive ordinances and sequestered them and took them off of the track or the road and then took the explosive and exploded it safely somewhere else. That night, though, when she picked up that explosive, it exploded on her. Her arms were gone from the elbow down, both. But God be praised for the body armor and her helmet, her face and her chest were very, very good. That's probably what kept her alive as they stabilized her in the hospital there. When they brought him in, shock had set in on him the husband, as he looked upon his bride of but a few years. And he became very flatlined in his affect, full of emotion. Sir, we wish to see Jesus, the Greeks said. Well, there before me in that hospital room was Jesus. It didn't look like Jesus, and it didn't smell like Jesus, but there was Jesus right there. You see, when the Greeks asked this question of the apostles, Sir, we wish to see Jesus, this followed, as you look at the text, right on the heels of his triumphant entry into Jerusalem. Show us the power. Show us the glory. Show us the might. Show us something that proves to our mind and our emotions that that there is God in all of His power. That was, in essence, the request that is also, in essence, your and my request at many times in your and my life. We wish to see something that we can prove Jesus to ourselves and our doubts, or we wish to have something that we can prove to our loved one or our family member who is not a believer or who does not take this seriously. Show us! And so when these Greeks come to talk to Jesus, Jesus doesn't whip out a miracle and show him. He 
doesn't change water into wine or heal someone's atrophied limb or bring blindness to sight. He says, you want to see it? You're about to see it within a week. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Good, good. We're going to see Jesus glorified. You hear that? Truly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. For that young couple in that busy ER, for them, Jesus was right there. But can you imagine, can you imagine the ridiculousness of someone saying, all that is necessary of you is to believe. All that is necessary of you is to keep in your mind the great miracles that you have seen in the past, in your life. All that remains for you to see Jesus is to make sure you focus upon those glorious events in your life when you saw such great wonder. That's not what Jesus showed the Greeks. And that's not what He shows you and me. He shows us the cross. There's where I'm glorified. There's where the Father's glory shines forth brighter than all. There's where substance is to be found, meat to put your teeth in. There is food and drink indeed. When Jesus points the disciples and those Greeks to what was going to happen in but a few days, he was pointing them to an event that completely was counter counter to all of the things that he had established himself prior to that moment. Remember, he had revealed himself as being the one in the changing of the water to wine, the miracles, feeding of the 5,000, and so on. All of those things that he had done had shown him to be the Messiah. But nothing more glorified can it be than him hanging upon the accursed tree. You know, there are many beautiful and inspirational examples that you and I have read in books and we've seen in other people's lives. But do you know when God glorified Himself in that person the most? Why go there? Let's ask yourself. Do you know when God glorified Himself in you the most? When you had the world by the tail? When things were going swimmingly and smoothly? He glorified Himself in you when you were at your lowest. He glorified Himself in you when you were broken and could not have anything about which to praise God. That's when He glorified Himself in you the most. For that is when He glorified Christ the most. When He emptied Himself of all things and took upon Himself your and my brokenness to become broken for you and me. 
So in the midst of that operating room where they stabilized her, did this woman and this man see Christ glorified in their lives? Because God carried them upon his shoulders and bore them in his bosom. By now she has, I am sure, been released from Brook Army Medical Center. She probably has prosthetics unto which she's getting used to. Though she'll never know what it's like to braid her daughter's hair or her son's hair someday. But she knows the power of God in her life. And she will look back at that event a lot like how you look back at the events that broke you and crushed you and say, there God did glorify himself in me, though I have nothing about which in my life that I can say was glorifying to God except God glorifying himself in my brokenness. Hmm. So when Jesus says, whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it, he is saying it's good to hate the good life. Does that mean we need to become monastic and, and deprive ourselves of all things and beat ourselves? No, that, the Middle Ages did that very well in trying to figure this out. No, this does mean that we daily come back to that cross. Daily. Hourly, if need be. It is a regular cyclical occurrence that we kneel before the cross and see therein our beginning again. It's interesting, we contemplate the Christian life as kind of a linear mind concept. Here's our beginning at our baptism, and there's the completion at our death, and we wish to look at it somewhat of an ascending line, almost as if we're getting better as time goes on because we've been around Jesus more and more and more infused with Him, as it were. When really the Christian life is a circle. It has a beginning, but it really doesn't have an end. Or it has an end, but you really don't know where the beginning is. It just keeps going. Because every day... You have no idea, nor do I, what God will bring into your and my life. He chooses to bless us this day with comfort and peace. Praise be to God. He chooses to allow something to crush us. Praise be to God. For the same God who gives is the same God who takes away, who has shown himself to be loving. And the only place he shows himself to be loving is upon that accursed tree for you. And you were joined to him in your baptism. And you feed and drink upon him at that supper. Therein lies your glory. His glory. But this world's sirens calls us to its bosom and warm harbor day in and day out, unceasingly. Wishing to wreck us against its rocks. Whoever loves his life in this world will lose it. But whoever hates his life in this world will save it. Very wonderful promise. Listen. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. 
And where I am, there my servant be also. That's comforting. It's kind of a catch-22 comfort, but it is comforting. The catch-22 part is that in this life while we live out our faith, in the sinful world, in a sinful flesh, we will encounter ourselves more than we wish. We will encounter this world more than we wish. And it will seek to destroy us. But where he is, there you shall be. He sits at the right hand of the Father, so shall you. He was glorified in his resurrection as well, so shall you. There he glories in you. So this young couple, as they move through life, they've got many years to live. Many years for Satan, like a drop, to keep dripping away at the doubts and concerns of why God, why God, Jesus promises them, don't forget the glory, the glory that's hidden, my glory for you and your glory when I took you and broke you and made you whole again in one fell swoop, that you may have your lips opened, that you may give praise to me when you can't see anything worthy of praise according to the world's standards. The Old Testament reading has that same illustration, doesn't it? In the midst of death, they're to do something that is completely, seemingly ridiculous. To trust in a promise, sitting atop a stick lifted up by the servant of God, Moses. And yet it brought life. And so you and I each day are drawn to the same stick. Yet not with a serpent of temporal nature, but with an eternal God who ate and drank that cup down to the dregs for you. You will be with him and you will be in paradise. In Jesus' name, amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds upon Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.